Welcome to the Sporting Ones AFL Fantasy Podcast for Round 9. I've got co-host Hados with me. How you going, Hados? I'm going very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, no, look, not too bad. Not too bad for a uh, pretty reasonable May days that we're having. Yeah, and uh, I noticed you're still in the, the top five for fantasy, more importantly. Oh, just hanging on by the skin of my teeth. But uh, I thought I'd had a bad round and managed to uh, somehow finish... Just outside the top 1,000, which kept me in the top five, because it seems to be ever-changing at the moment. Yes, and uh, it's no small feat uh, being in the top five at the moment, and uh, you're present in there. So uh, let's hope you keep rolling with some uh, good trade choices and good captain selections, mate. Yeah, feeling the pressure, although I feel that my trade choices last week were fairly solid. I uh, probably bit the bullet before everyone else did on Sam Walsh, like I did with... Who else maxed out that I uh, got rid of? I think it was Charlie... Oh, not Charlie Constable, but Dersma. There's a few others I've, I've taken a risk. Oh, Liberatore was the one. Bit the bullet before everyone else did, and it seems to have paid off. Yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago. So uh, how about we get into this week? Yeah, let's let's get into it. So uh, last week was a bit disappointing. Um, Jack Ross obviously got injured, and uh, he scored 11. He was probably, unfortunately, one of the worst uh, performing players with that, but it was fairly early. Other than uh, Tommy Atkins, who was on a uh, huge five-and-a-half time, which got reduced to a two. So if you had Tommy Atkins, I can feel your pain there. Uh, Jack Ross as well. Ankle syndesmosis. Yeah, but uh, the good thing about Ross was you weren't alone. There was a lot of people that had him on the field, so... Um, as much as you think that that would really hurt your ranking in particular, you managed to to hold with that. I think that's a pretty uh, pretty good effort. But like I said, if I had Lockhart on field, mm, hello, that could have been different. Yeah, you'd want be number one. I probably would be. Um, now, well, I did have the, I did go number one for a brief moment in time uh, on the Friday night. Thank you to Zach Merritt for that. Uh, speaking of Zach Merritt, he was in the top ten last week, running through your top ten. It was Clayton Oliver with a massive, massive one sixty one against the Leaky Suns. Uh, Grundy one forty nine, my captain choice. My vice captain choice, Rockliffe one forty nine. Mitch Duncan one forty two, and Tim Kelly one forty one. That was at half. Uh, that was at the top five. And then you've got uh, Merritt at sixth and 136. Dane Zorko, a couple of good weeks for Dane. Uh, maybe they're not tagging him at the moment. That's probably why. He's on 134. Uh, Sloney got 130 in the showdown. Josh Dunkley, <laughs> I brought him in last week. 40 grand increase, 127. Attending centre bounces ranks only behind... I think it's five for possessions over the last two rounds. And uh, he's looking very strong in there. So, Bevo, just leave him in there. Don't worry about Libba. If you have to drop Libba, drop Libba. No one cares. Just leave Dunkley in there. Uh, and rounding out the top ten was Ricky Henderson. Again, surprising. But Yago Mira was tagged well by uh, the old uh, De Boer. Mm. Henderson putting together a very nice season, I reckon. Uh would, would be averaging well over 100 and uh, looking quite good most weeks. He's uh, obviously not the number one target for uh, opposition teams to look at. So uh, could he be the ultimate differential? One out of the bag, I reckon. Um, this week, what, what are we going to look at this week? There's, there's a few guys that are sort of not performing. They're premiums. What do we do? Well, one decision's been made for us. Coniglio, after two poor weeks, 
Now, obviously, I'm going to cut him a bit of slack. Probably the hand injury, probably a bit of an issue. Well, he's out injured this week, so you can cut him. Mm. I wouldn't be holding him. He's got a break even of 144. And, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be holding him. If he's out injured, maybe if you can, do a sideways trade to Josh Kelly, uh, who looked, oh, he looked good last week. First week back, looked uh, absolutely Mickey Mouse. Uh the other one, Angus Brayshaw. Don't know what's going on with him. Uh, uh, the traders were saying something about he puts his helmet in ice um, during the quarters. Look, maybe it's the cold head thing. I don't know. Uh, more likely, it's what Frico alluded to um, in that since round six, he's now out of the center square and out on the wing. So he's just not getting those that, that ball that he was getting last year. And Nathan Jones has gone into the center. So... He's named on the wing again. I think that's curtains, Frangus. I, I can't... I don't know that I can hold him again. He's got a break even of 137. Cut your losses and run, I think. I don't know about that. I mean, I wouldn't read too much into where they're named on uh, on a Thursday night. I mean, most teams have an absolute laugh when they just throw names at the uh, at the the whiteboard and it's a bit of a joke sometimes uh, Tom Hawkins is named first ruck for Geelong so don't take that as gospel and I think uh, with those injuries maybe now this is where he goes back into the middle or maybe he's just got some sort of niggle that's uh, holding him back because you know his time on ground is very low so you know you could look at that as a reason to get rid of him well it could be a bit of yeah OP or something like that that they just don't want to um, give him a rest. I don't know, but there's something not right with him. I'm not prepared to hold him any longer. I can probably hold Ross for a week and then get rid of him. Um, Jack Ross is one you obviously want to get rid of because he's not going to uh, be there for a while. If you've got Nank the Tank, uh, he's going to be out for six to eight weeks, so you want to get rid of him. Ivan Soldo isn't really an option. I had a look at this last night to see if I could do a quick maybe Riley O'Brien type of trade and take a bit of cash, but Soldo's 359 if you got a downgrade to do, maybe you do that, but I wouldn't be convinced, especially up against big boy McAvoy. McAvoy will take him to the cleaners. Um, other sort of Devin Smith, if you held him for whatever reason, you got to get rid of him. He's out for um, for a couple of months. Uh, Fantasia maybe in draft leagues, he's out. Um, so there's been a few casualties, that's for sure. Say Managola was one that was shaping his... Uh potentially someone who's lost a bit of value and now would be a, a nice unique unfortunately he's had to have knee surgery so he's out for a month as well yeah and uh, the pain goes on for those that have held charlie constable which i know you've got seems to me he doesn't matter what he do what he does he can have 30 possessions have an absolute blinder and somehow he finds his way on the outer yeah i think he's just one of those footballers footballers he doesn't have many tricks but boy, can he gather the footy. And I guess sometimes Brad Scott, no, sorry, Chris Scott looks at the team and says, you know, we need something a little bit different this week. So they got rid of him, brought in Joel Selwood. Not much you can do about that. Yeah, and uh, but in good news, uh, the other good news from Geelong was that Darcy Fort, who's probably on the majority of most people's benches, will start earning his cash. He's getting a debut. Yeah, at the expense of Radigalia, who goes out with an injury. Or managed either or. It's, it's the same thing. Managed injury. Just just be up front. Clubs, come on. Um, 
Looking at uh, the teams that just debuted, there is a rookie who... Uh, there's a few rookies, actually. They're in, mm. in line for a, a debut, as he said. Darcy Ford's one of them. But Oscar Baker, importantly, is one who is a midfielder. So if you do have Jack Ross, going to be out long-term, probably a couple of months... He's the uh, the one that we'd be looking at, I reckon. And you could slip him onto your bench and bring, say, a Lockhart or a Stack or even a Gibbons for a week, although I'd be hesitant against the Giants to do that, um, and put them on field, probably more so a Lockhart. Um, and then also you've got uh, Robbie Young for St Kilda. He's coming in. Yep, uh, pretty likely type from the, the sample. There's a few sample boys that uh, got named. Um, I reckon there's one from uh, Brisbane as well. Yeah, Hinge. Yep. Uh, so, look, there's a bit of uh, rookies, rookie relief this week, which is good because we haven't really had uh, much in the way of rookies to look at last year. So hopefully uh, they get their opportunity and they're around for, you know, four or five rounds and make us a bit of money. Yeah, because a lot of the rookies now are starting to sort of max out or be at a price point where you're not really going to make a lot off them. Although you can still make money off Lockhart, you can still make money off Stack. Um, even Dersmer, I was looking, his break-even's gone backwards. Um, so that's uh, pretty good. Um, but that's where you want to sort of, with your rookies, um, Will Hayes is still around the mark, but you... Pretty much there's nothing at that 170 price point anymore. No, there isn't. Um, Josh Corbett's probably got a little bit of growth in him. Uh, your man, Larky, who you baited last week and responded with a nice little 70 on the bench. Oh, he deserved the bait. He got 30-odd. I mean, I, I can't accept 30-odds, so I'm glad he responded. But can he do it again, or is he going to go back to a 30? Well, uh, he could be the uh, yo-yo type, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I'll tell uh, you one who responded. Nick Blakey with an 80-odd. Yeah. And one uh, that's interesting has probably been there for uh, a lot of coaches. You haven't even tempted to uh, throw him on field. But now with uh, Nan Curvis out, Noel Bolter could uh, strike up a few more 60s or 70s and generate some cash, which was uh, looking pretty bleak at uh, one point in time. Jeez, I'm so glad that something happened in week two I think there was an injury whereby I couldn't get him out, and then all the injuries occurred, and suddenly he's well. Now he's made me a hundred grand cash, which I never thought I would get from him. If only Chris Burgess could do that. But even with all their injuries, he's still not coming back. Yeah. So uh, Corbett's your man, maybe. Yeah. No, I, I'm thinking Brayshaw and Canigli are the way to go. Speaking of which, what are you going to do for your trades? Because I know you've got. Brayshaw and Caniglio like myself. Or you, I think you do. I do. Okay. So, but then you've also got Ross. No. Oh, you didn't go on the Ross train. Okay. I've got Crouch, Ooh. who is uh, a huge doubt to play. So, yeah, I think Brayshaw survives. I wasn't, I wasn't looking at trading him anyway. I sort of, I don't like the idea, even though he is really underperforming and, you know, I'm not in the top five like you, so I don't really have to think about it as much as you do. He is still a luxury trade for me at this point, but he is concerning, no doubt. So, yeah, I just had to look at players um, who got injured, basically. Uh, Caniglio was one, disappointing to lose him, but... Uh, you know, he's a high price, so you can afford a good player. And then uh, Jack Ross was the other one. So, yeah, my hands were a bit tired with that. So, yeah, I mean, look, in terms of it, um, 
there's a couple I'm looking at, and there's a couple of premiums you want to look at. Uh, Andrew Gaff at home. Uh, I don't think he scored below 115 this season. Uh, we'll absolutely tear it up. Though, there is a risk that James Harms could go to him. Uh, Elliot Yo, uh, the last three weeks, lowest score of 97. So he started to find some form. Uh, both are differentials. Low price for Yo, and uh, yeah, a good differential, definitely Yo. Um, and Gaff too, he's only 8%, so... And then Mitch Robinson, uh, three weeks of about 120 odds, up to about 660, got the dual position role, not in many sides, probably not really a lot of thought put into Mitch Robinson. He does tackle as well, but not a lot of sides are going to target him because they've got Lockie Neal and they've got Zane Zorko. Yeah, and um, the only thing with him is, can he keep it up? I mean, yes, he's hit a purple patch, but how much longer can he keep pumping out the 120s because he... You know, he relies on the tackles and the goals. He's kicked three goals in the last couple of weeks, I think. So, yeah, I have my doubts on the 120s, but, you know, around the 95 to 100. Yeah, spot on. Um, the other ones, uh, Clayton Oliver after the huge 161. The only thing I'll say is proceed with caution because he is their number one midfielder once again, and he will be targeted by none other than... Mark Hutchings. Hutchings, and then the week after... De Boer. So it's proceed with caution. I love the fact his break even is low. It's around about the a low eighties, so he does have room to make even more cash. But proceed with caution. Josh Kelly, huge differential. I see a lot of people are bringing him in this week, and I don't blame them. Went one fifty three last time against Carlton. Got one fifteen last week against the Hawks in his return match. He's a. I think he's owned by about less than five percent. He's a Rolls-Royce. He's a proven fantasy star. Carlton don't really have a tagger other than Will Setterfield, who ironically is from GWS. So that could be a bit of an issue. Um, but with Whitfield back, they might elect to tag Whitfield as well. Mm. And speaking of Whitfield, I mean, I know that uh, he's got a lot of money to lose because he's got that break even of 170-odd. But... Particularly for you, in around about that top 10, top 50, top 100, a lot of people probably got rid of him, you'd think. Well, I definitely did, yeah. Would you bring him back as a bit of a differential? His ownership is down to 23%. I'm not sure what it was before his injury, but I assume it would have been close to 50 or 60. Wow, 23% still held him. That's amazing. That's that's incredulous in a way, or it shows that people aren't looking at their sites. Because for me, I didn't see it as a one-week issue. I saw it as more than that. Well, you are the guru because a lot of people thought one or one-week corky was... Uh, enough time off but uh yeah could be forget about the cash the points is what uh really matters for you at the moment i'd like to see how he returns first week back because the week before that corky he only went just on 100 and just looked like they tagged him out a bit so i just want to see how he goes first week he has got a break even to 173 i mean the other one i'm looking at um duncan uh, Mitch Duncan, he's been churning out the points the last three weeks. I'm hoping I haven't missed the boat, but I'll tell you what, he's, uh, I think, in about 1% of sides, so that's a huge differential. Uh, who else was I looking at? Um, I looked at Fife. I don't mind Fife, um, but it, for me, it's out of Kelly. Uh, I'm not going to go Oliver just based on the fact of the two taggers. Um, probably Kelly, Duncan, 
Robinson, Dangerfield. Even though he's got a he's got a one thirty three break even now. I tell you what, he's on my radar again. Um, even though he's drama field, but I reckon I just leave it one more week. What about the Bont? Now he started off like a house on fire. Been uh, brought back to earth last couple of weeks, but he's only in five point five percent of teams. I can give you a better differential from the Bulldogs that I don't mind. Lockie Hunter? Lockie Hunter. He's had a few down weeks, though, so I'm not I'm not 100% sold on his consistency. That's like, been an issue with him. He's a high-risk, high-reward, though. Um, oh, look, there, there's plenty of options up there. I'm, I'm not going to go Cripps. I'd love to get him in. I just reckon at one point he's going to... He's going to not... Um, He's going to suffer the weight of the world on his shoulders, basically. The funny thing about that is it happens, It looks like it happens almost every week because after quarter time, I reckon he was on four two weeks ago, and at half time, he was on 27 and then explodes in the second half. Ended on 115 in both rounds. It's quite uh, quite ridiculous, his, uh, his potential. If he could just, I mean... He's been doing it for however long, but if he just put four solid quarters together, my God. Well, a bit like Tim Kelly. A couple of weeks ago, I was so worried. Tim Kelly was on about eight and a quarter time. That was last week. Yeah, and then pulls out 141. 141 after having eight. Um, I'll tell you what, the, the one player that's really shone for me in a side that and has been a huge differential, but I wouldn't advise getting him now because you've well, well, well missed the boat on it. Brian Myers, the dreadlocked star with the weird name, with the funky sort of, uh, he's got a bit of uh, pizzazz, a bit of flair, a bit of flamboyance about him. Uh, he's churned out three 90s in a row for a 170K player. And this isn't going to sit well with you, but talked about as one of the most undeserving rising star winners of recent memory. That is an absolute disgrace. He is more than deserving. He's more than deserving. I don't care what they say. Um, They're saying Shy Bolton put in uh, a better performance. Look, I, in all honesty, I'd have to agree, but Brian Myers, I mean, look, probably the week that he got uh, the three goals against Adelaide and was superb against Adelaide, he got outshone by Connor Rosie, who kicked five against Brisbane in the same game, uh, in the same round, sorry. So, look, uh, come what may, I'm sure Shy Bolton will get his, uh, if he if he produces another game like that or similar, I'm sure he'll get the rising star. Um, all right, so, also, Sam Walsh, awkward point of time for his owners. Now, I got rid of him last week for Adam Trelaw, which I'll tell you what, I'm not too disappointed with that because it was a 56-point, that uh, 46-point differential. And at one point in time, they were neck and neck. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. That was a, that was a good move. Um, as was Dunkley for, well, Dunkley outscored Dangerfield by 30-odd, so I'll take that. Um, I think with Walsh, now is a good time to get rid of him, but if you're unlucky enough to have Coniglio, Crouch, Ross, Ross, Bradshaw. other issues, you'd probably uh, look at doing them before Ross. Uh, sorry, Walsh, and just hope that he uh, knocks out his break even this week, which is a hundred. Yeah, it's a tough break even, especially against the GWS side that are gonna be pretty burnt by the fact that they got uh, beaten up by the Hawks. So uh, that's gonna be an issue indeed. And there is one interesting uh, inclusion for Gold Coast. You looked at him before, 
coming back off uh, a minor knee complaint, Fiorini. Mm. 0.7% of the competition have him, and he averages 108. Can they get enough ball, though? That's that's the issue. And think, against... Do you think Port Adelaide are going to trounce him, dear? No, I never, no, I never said that. Boak and Rockliffe, though, in the middle, both in pretty decent form. You can tackle them, can't you? Well, you can. So we'll see what happens. Although Darcy McPherson's been doing that, which is another differential up forward. I've noticed his tackle numbers are through the roof. He's been playing through the middle, that's why. Mm. But with Fiorini back, how much more time does he spend in there? You know, I don't know. He probably goes down the pecking order a little bit. True. But he is, yeah, he's not a bad player. Mm, could be interesting for draft leagues, maybe. Yeah, I wish uh, I had him at one point and then I ditched him for, I don't know, someone worse. Sloan? Was it Sloan? Was it Gibbs? Well, he wasn't involved in that trade, but I do have Gibbs. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, don't worry. He'll probably come back from Matt Crouch. Now, um, I think we've got to get to the captains. I've already thought of about six. See if you agree. So I've got Boak and Rockliffe against uh, Gold Coast. Now, traditionally, Rockliffe does like playing the Gold Coast, and he does like playing in Adelaide Oval. Uh, this season, so that's one for mine. Boak, obviously, his stellar form, um, been really, really solid all year. Another one thirteen last week. Um, Collingwood, St Kilda, Grundy against Marshall. He destroyed Cruiser, as I alluded to last week. Got one forty nine. Now he comes up against a. Oh, would you call him a ruckman? Would you call him a mobile athlete forward in Marshall? He's a hybrid, I'd call him. Hybrid, okay, so he's a Toyota. Um, all right, so uh, the, the, Grundy almost seems like it's a no-brainer for me again. Um, Josh Kelly against Carlton on the back of the 153 last year and the 115 last week. Um, Jager O'Meara, differential, point of difference captain against Richmond, who traditionally are leaking points this season. Mm, here's one for you that'll sting you. Ooh. Dangerfield, down at GM HBA yep. Stadium. Yep. Averages in the 130s. Mm. Bulldogs, probably got no one to uh, to match him other than maybe the Bont. Oh, Bont, McRae. I mean, McRae's down, but Bont. Could be one. Could be one. Uh, also, Duncan and Kelly, if you were looking for def- differentials. Tim Kelly, that is. Um, five against the Bombers? Sure, five. he'd... He'd go all right, I reckon. Yeah, Fife and Merritt both have good records against each other. So Merritt against the Dockers, very good record. And Fife against the Bombers, very good record. Merritt, a very good record when Banfield doesn't play. One more captain for you. Friday night, West Coast. Gaff. Gaff. Don't mind it. Actually, I've got one more too. i got one more. Collingwood versus St Kilda. And if it's, it's if he doesn't get tagged. Trelaw. So you've got, as opposed to last week, there's a multitude of options this week. There's eight or ten that you could go that have fantasy-friendly, from the outside looks of it. So we'll see how we go. Obviously, I've got Brayshaw, Coniglio in my sights, and Ross. They're probably the three. Zach Jones is one I'm looking at. He needs to produce this week for me to hold him. And the other one is uh, Warple. He's at a point that he's made 100K, but I'm not sure he can get any better than what he's at and produce any more than what he's at. Yeah, well, he has a limited ceiling. I mean, his top score is 102. Yes, he's been very consistent, which we all love. So, yeah, he would need to go soon. But 
one of those luxury ones. Yeah. Wait, it, wait it, till you're really set to, to flick him on. Yeah. Now, now is the time also you need to start looking at... Now we're up to round nine. Round 12 is approaching really, really fast. You need to start looking at what your breakdown of players is for each buy round and how you're going to approach that so you don't get stung with having only 15 players for one round or 13 players for one round. Now, uh, mistake me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you're only required to field 18 during the bye weeks. Correct. 18 is all you need. And do they cut you even more slack and put your best 18 or is that am I just making that up? Yeah, I reckon it is your best 18, but you would have to have that best 18 on field. So you've got to have that 18 on the field. So it can't be a mix of guys on the bench either. So it's got to be 18 on field. And what about position-wise, is it? Oh, actually, no, no. How it breaks down is it's your highest. Say you've got 20 players that are playing that week. It's your highest 18 players. So the two lowest get cut. Okay. And what about... Like, do you need to select emergencies and stuff, or is it, you don't? Even I mean, if you if you've got emergencies, then yeah. But I, I'd, I'd not really no, not unless someone on field was out that week. So we have twenty two on the field each week, don't we? So you have just say you have twenty two on field. They take your best eighteen. Correct. Right. Okay. So with that, let's wrap this up. Good luck with your fantasy sites. Good luck with your trades. If you need to send us your teams or you're unsure about what you're willing to do or the podcast hasn't helped you at all, though we hope it has, um, then by all means, shoot me a, uh, f- a comment on uh, Facebook at The Sporting One or on Instagram at The Sporting One or on Twitter, which is uh, starting to grow, one underscore sporting. Uh, and by all means, uh, if you missed a part of the podcast and you want to listen to it again, uh, you can uh, follow us, uh, follow it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, and Anchor. And I reckon we're out for this week and we'll speak to you for round 10. Thanks, mate. And uh, if you do, go ahead and get Gaff. And then he pumps out a 140 and then you find yourself ranked number one again. Can we expect another post about you being ranked number one? Yeah, I'll have to think about that because I've already done that. So it'll be like repeating it. So it would be, be old, old news, won't it? Exactly. So if it, it would depend if I'm number one at the end of the round, which there's a bit of work to do with that because it's drifted from about 30 points to 80 points to about almost 100 points now. So it's getting harder and harder. But uh, if it was at the end of the round, then yes, it would be a new post. Beautiful. All right. No worries. <laughs> we'll catch you next week, people.